All right, it is the hundredth episode of the Sazcast. We are partying here. We got Stroh, not in the house. Thank you, Natalia. She wanted to pop that thing real bad, and I'm not talking about the streamer. Anyway, <laughs> uh, thank you guys for joining us for episode 100. Shout out to the live audience. We got Big James, Big Game James in the house out here. Rebecca's man. Uh, welcome to the Sazcast here on Valuetainment, the sexiest financial podcast in the world. This is where finance meets romance. My name is Adam Sosnick. As you know, you called me Saz, and I got here one goal. I want to see you guys out there get paid, laid, and do it your way. And I said for my 100th episode, I want to bring some of my favorite people that we've ever had on the Sazcast here on Valuetainment on, and this is what we got. So let's introduce our panel, starting with the good-looking gentleman all the way on the opposite corner because i'm sure we're gonna you know clash a little bit so we don't want to be too close but my good friend destiny is in the house he just got back from tim pool's podcast you only had what fifty thousand people watching you live yesterday no big deal for a guy like you how you feeling destiny you know it's just another friday night for me you know just another yeah, that's what i do that was thursday night though when you were there Okay, what? <laughs> I don't know if this is live or not. Okay, I'm trying to We're be considered. Live, okay, yeah, whatever. Okay. We got Destiny here. Anyway, and then, I'm flattered that you invited me to your 100th episode. Thank you, thank you. Destiny. I don't well, know how you know many I'm people said no for me to get here, but I There were so many no's to get to Destiny's yes, but I appreciate it. I said I get one, I get room for one man, and I got Destiny. So thank you, Destiny. New guest in the house, Miss Florence Garcia. We call her Flo. She is known as Miss Grand. Florida, she's from El Salvador, not Ecuador. Not Ecuador. She's a lovely model, and last week, we, uh, for those of you that have not uh, realized, we haven't done a Sauscast in well over a week because we were at Model Volleyball filming, which was sick. You stole the show. You were incredible. I said, let's invite this girl on the show. And then we were at Ultra last weekend filming. That's kind of your people there, Brody. Um, but we got Flo in the house, so clap it up for Flo on her first. So we'll try to go easy on Flo. Um, <laughs> Superstar right here, Rebecca Barrett's in the house, former feminist, current very happy housewife to our friend James over there. She's back. Thank you for making the trip. What do people need to know about what's going on in your life right now? Trying to make baby number two. Trying to make baby number two. Well, with that good-looking gentleman over there doing his, little, doing his little pumping sign out there, I think you'll happen pretty soon. And then Brody's back. You love her, you want her, you need her. We all need some Brody in our life. Um, blogger, commentator, sure. sometimes bartender. Uh, when I have time. When she has time, <laughs> but she's in the house. But thank you guys for being here for episode 100. And we would be remiss if we didn't give a shout out to the lovely Natalia Del Valle hi, out hi, there. Hi, hi, Nat, my little co-hostess with the mostest, popping that thing. Uh, Nat, how you feeling? What do you want the crowd to know before we get started? Well, first off, um, thank you all for joining us today. I appreciate um, all of you in the chat, all of you. I see you guys watching. We see you. Uh, thank you for coming along the journey with us. Uh, of course, if you're not already, make sure you like, comment, subscribe to the channel. Uh, today's episode is going to be very, very spicy, a lot of hot topics. Um, and today you're really gonna get to get the sauce out of the sauce cast. So Ooh. let's get this party started. Too much sauce. sauce? <laughs> Too much sauce. So with that being said, look, we got a lot to cover today. So brace for impact. A lot going on right there. Here's some of the topics we're gonna cover. Uh, but then there was some breaking news that we're gonna reveal here if you haven't heard yet. But um, here's some of the comment uh, topics that we're gonna be discussing today. American values. We do live in America. We love America. At least most of us do. Uh, are plummeting. American values are plummeting to the lowest in 25 years. 
Gen Z's latest trend that is sweeping the nation called Bare Minimum Mondays. We'll talk about that and work <laughs> ethic. We'll talk about a Miami story right here since we're all here in South Florida, Miami. Uh, the crypto party has come to an end and what basically hospitality and night nightlife has been, uh, how it's been affected by that. Giselle, Tom Brady, their new relationships, what Tom Brady's rumored new girlfriend had to say about modern women being uh, entitled witches uh, looking for men as walking wallets. Talk about the difference between men being silver foxes and women being silver vixens. That's a new term that women are using these days. Talking about, you know how they say about pimping ain't easy? Apparently simping ain't easy. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some money stuff and what women expect from a man's money. We'll talk about traditional wife, tradi traditional women, and some of them are under attack. And we'll talk about this last story, if we have time, about what a man should do if her woman is withholding sex, what he should do. Should he charge her more in rent? So we'll talk about that. Uh, but let's get started <laughs> with this first story. This is breaking news. I don't even know if you guys know about this, but drum roll, please. Uh, Andrew Tate and Tristan Tate were just released from prison. They are now on house arrest. This is breaking news that just came um, down the pike from the AP. So here's the, here's the news article. Andrew Tate and his brother and two alleged female accomplices are released on house arrest from Bucharest jail amid investigations to alleged human trafficking, rape, and crime, uh, ga crime gang offenses. Andrew Tate and his brother uh, and two alleged female accomplices have been released on house arrest from Bucharest jail amid an ongoing investigation into alleged, alleged human trafficking. Tate, 36, was arrested December 29th, so that's, today's the 31st of March, so that's three months ago, uh, in Bucharest, along with Tristan, two Romanian women, uh, Luana Radu and Georgina Nagzel, uh, 32 and 28, on suspicion of several crimes. So they are now officially released. I'll give you my take, and then we can all weigh in or not weigh in. Um, here's the deal. I, I've been saying for months that these are sort of trumped up charges, okay? <laughs> I know Destiny's gonna push back a lot, which I totally cool for. And what I will say before any of us speak, these are all our opinions. We got no fucking clue what's actually happening in corrupt AF Romania, Bucharest. <laughs> well, we all know that uh, Andrew Tate rose to fame over the last year with everything he was saying about the Matrix. A lot of what he was talking about was male improvement, and if you can reach a cer certain level of masculinity and manhood, and alpha status, then the world can be your oyster. Most men don't reach that. Most men are not where Destiny or I am right now, or Andrew Tate, certainly. So most men do not, cannot say or do what this man has to say. He's certainly reached a point, especially with his gifted speaking abilities, athletic prowess, and some say womanizing abilities. Uh, he's reached a point where obviously his audience um, really wants to hear what he has to say. And I know there's a lot of people out there excited to hear that he's been released on house arrest. And there's a lot of people out there that are basically disappointed that they didn't find anything on him. And that's my final point. You've had this guy and his brother in custody for nearly four months. The world has been on a magnifying glass looking at what this guy's going, got going on. And the Romanian government has nothing. They've been officially charged with Nada for my Spanish speakers out there, right, in El Salvador. <laughs> Nada. In four months, they have not come up with jack shit. I'm not saying that it's officially uh, an acquittal. But if you're going to have somebody in custody for four months and you've got nothing going on, 
it's kind of like a, a little evidence that maybe it was sort of corruption going on there, and they're just looking for charges. So uh, with that being said, I know Destiny is chomping at the bit <laughs> to weigh in on this. So, Destiny, give us your opinion. Do you think it's – are you happy to see Tate out? Are you disappointed? Do you want him to stay in jail? I'm going to say you want him rotting in a cell? What do you want? From the very beginning, Go ahead, you have sir. to wait for the process to play itself out. Okay. Um, half of what you're saying is not true. He hasn't been released. They've been released to house arrest. Released on so house arrest. Yeah, but they're still detained, same as well, they were before. So they're technically, still ongoing... he has been released from prison. Sure, he's on he's house still, arrest. He's still detained in such that an investigation is still ongoing. Touché. Number one. Yes. Number two. We still don't know if they have charges for them. They could still be waiting to charge them until they finish their investigation. But then number three, and I'll repeat again, you just have to wait for the investigation to play itself out. Um, I think it's weird that all of the people that are big, um, big Tate fans are saying that this is like a big victory for them. Because if all the charges were trumped up and it was some huge conspiracy, why are they getting released now? Wouldn't they have kept them for the whole 180 days? Like, if it is the case that they do their investigation, they're mm-hmm. released to house arrest, and then in 30 days, they're completely released and there's no charges, what happened to all of the, the matrix is locking them up and it's trumped up charges and blah, blah, blah? If that was the case, why wouldn't they have kept them for the full 180 days or like fake charges and just charge them with something not well, real? Well, isn't that a little counterintuitive to what you're saying? That possibly they're like, we got nothing on this guy. So the, more, the longer that we keep him in there, the more foolish we're going to look. So let's just put him on house arrest. Let's acknowledge that we have nothing, but we're not going to just completely acquit him. So we'll put him out there. Mm-hmm. We'll put him on house arrest and we'll slow play this. Almost like slow playing the news, like let's roll this thing out. Mm-hmm. All right, hey, charges have been dropped, but this is the big news. So when they do drop charges, potentially, hypothetically, do you, do you do, then um, it won't be that grandiose. Sure. Ha- you ever talk to people that invest in stocks, like individual stocks? All the time. It's, it's similar to gambling in that you can invent any reason to buy a stock if you really want to. It might be fundamentals of a company. It might be maybe somebody's going to say something about a company. Maybe like You can always find a reason to to do what you want to do if you're really trying to bullshit your way there. I feel like when it comes to the Tates, anything can happen, and it's going to be further justification of the conspiracy against him. So if they would have held him longer, it's because the trumped-up charges and the corrupt Romanian government were trying to hold him for too long to maximize how much time they spend away from their kids. If they release them, well, it's because it was all trumped up in the very beginning, and they didn't have real charges, and now they're trying to release them to house arrest. If they do charge them, well, it's going to be the fake matrix is coming after. Like, If they convict them, then it's going to be absolutely the fake matrix. If they get charged and then they don't get convicted, well, it's because the charges were trying Like, literally, no matter what happens... There's always like a reason why it was like the Matrix. What if it was the case that there's a legitimate investigation? They have or haven't found enough to charge him. We don't know, but maybe they do find enough, and maybe they don't. But maybe it started with like good impetus. Is that possible, or is that just like it's unfathomable to think? I that? think I think anyone would be foolish to say anything's not possible at this point. Nobody knows anything. Well, yeah, this but you're clearly leaning into a side where it's like, well, well I, I'm I'm leaning into a side, and I'll get. Let's play a game. Let's called odds, right? Odds okay. that he's guilty, and odds sure. that he's innocent. So I'm. These are odds. I'm going with odds that there's 90% chance that he is innocent. Wait, wait. Meaning, is it odds? Yes. Odds? Yeah. Do you mean, mean that he's like actually innocent or that he's like acquitted or like charged with a crime? I, or guess, I guess both because, I mean, uh, well, well essentially. I would say the majority of Tate fans, if he got convicted of a crime, they'd still say he's innocent, right? Well, that to me, that's like we just talked about this off camera about like the, the famous Donald Trump you know, situation. Not that I'm equating Donald Trump to Andrew Tate, but I could literally murder somebody, shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and I wouldn't lose a vote. It's like. Mm-hmm. Well, you just murdered somebody. You'd probably lose something. You're probably your innocence that at that point. Yeah, right. You lose that guy's <laughs> vote for sure. Destiny, but don't vote. But I'm. This is my speculation: is that 
you know, remember the story in Greek mythology, Icarus too, flew too close to the sun, right? Yes. That he flew too close to the sun and his wings were melted off and he fell. Uh -huh. I think Andrew Tate rose to fame so quickly, along with his brother, but specifically Andrew, rose to, rose to fame so quickly, called out the wrong people, you know, called out the matrix and the government and women and this, but I think, you know, the foundation of why he's being arrested right now is that he called out the Romanian government, essentially saying, I, every country's corrupt. I just love the fact that in Romania, it's even more corrupt and I can just pay my way out of this. Some federal prosecutor in Bucharest, Romania was like, ah, don't think so, my friend. Let me show you what I told you. Boom, book him, Dano. So I think, I think they're basically said, let's throw the book at this guy. And they arrested him. And they're scrambling at this point for like, what can we find? What can we find? What can we find? What can we find? All right, we've got nothing. And to that, to your point, they could have easily just kept him for because I think legally the, the not that days. not either, any of us are Romanian fucking government authorities here, but they legally could have kept him till end of June, I want to say. Mm -hmm. 180 days. Mm -hmm. uh, but they didn't. So I'm going with odds that he's 90% innocent, and then there's a small chance that you know they might find something. What are your odds? You, when you say let's, let's odds on that, do you mean like really? Like if I would have bet you like a thousand dollars, you'd pay me ten thousand if I was right. I give you a thousand if I was wrong. You'd do like nine to one. I'm just curious if you, when you say ninety percent, you really <laughs> are, feel you, are you a Vegas bookie right now? You're gonna come break my legs if I don't pay. What's happening? Odds. Destiny? Was, those are big odds. I know you. I know you. Really I know you roll with some heavy hitters on the center left camp. I don't need. I don't I need just, Sam Bateman okay, Freed coming asking, out right? collecting his dough. You said ninety percent. You gave. What are your odds that he's acquitted? And this is based on everything that I've seen from him. I feel like there was there's a decent chance of a good charge and convicted. That's what I feel. So give me some odds. So I would lean like 65, 70% that he would get. That he's, yeah. that he's guilty, that he's convicted. Yeah. So there's a 30% chance in your world that he's innocent. Yeah. Okay. Ladies. Okay. We're talking, again, we're talking about Andrew and Tristan here because they're, I think if one goes down, they both go down. We'll see. I see you're doing a lot of nodding, Flo. Let's, let's, let's have you weigh in on this. By the way, have you followed this story at all? Are you a fan? Do you hate on Andrew and Tate? Off. I don't okay. hate him. Yeah. Uh, I'm on and off because I feel like we can't really trust everything that we see on social media. It is what it is. Uh, yep. Can we hear me better? Yes. <laughs> Flip it like this. Yep. Go ahead. All right. So I'm, I want to say 50-50 with the case. Like I said, I followed it on and off. I haven't been uh, on it entirely. But what I can say is... Whenever someone is guilty, they are guilty. Whenever someone is innocent, they are innocent until proven guilty. So it is what it is. I think I do agree with uh, Destiny here when he was saying that we just have to let it play out, mm -hmm. see how it works. But even then, there's been people that have been convicted in a fake uh, scenario and they've wasted their lives. 30, there was actually someone in Florida, I believe it was he was convicted for like 38 years and he was released and they were like, oh, sorry, our mistake. Yeah, well, that's insane. 38 years of his life that he's not going to get back. And, you know, so it's really just a matter of time. And one of those situations where you can't trust all that we see. What you're saying is if it can happen in America, corruption can happen or just wrongful convictions can happen anywhere. I agree. So what are your odds if you're going to play this game that he's innocent versus guilty? I'll do 50-50. I'll do 50 <laughs> Way to take the easy way out. We're yeah, going to flip just... a coin. <laughs> Rebecca Barrett in the house. I know this is a story you follow pretty closely. Not like every day, but I'm, I'm sure you've got some feelings. What do um, you think? I actually, I actually haven't been following this story. Uh, 
after the fact, I don't know, when he went to prison, I was like, okay. <laughs> I was just like, well, that's what happened. Um, the so, docile Rebecca, okay, doesn't no, affect me. No, 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 it doesn't affect me. Correct. Um, I would say 80, 20, he's acquitted, 80%. Okay, so you're more closer to my camp yeah. than the Destiny camp. Yeah, but okay. we'll see what happens. I always want to wait until we have a conviction because, you know, the public opinion is, they already made their they already made their verdict, right? Mm -hmm. Like we already know, just like Destiny said, people that think it's a conspiracy theory is going to say, oh, whatever happens, it's still mm -hmm. a conspiracy theory. Uh, people that want to see him in prison or want to see them in prison, whatever, like they're going to be mad whatever happens, I think. People are going to be mad regardless. So we'll just wait and see. Who's going to be the most upset if he's found innocent? That he's found innocent, the people that, that hate him the most. Who do you think hates him the most? Uh, probably women. I don't know. Probably women, I think. Yeah, Destiny, who do you think hates him the most? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you hate him so much? Because he's like a garbage human being. It's, like, it's just the easiest person in the world to hate. My question Why? is, will oh. he be able to live stream on House Arrest? <laughs> he should be able to, right? We'll see. We'll see. That's about the that. only thing I'm curious about is, is he going to start doing his lives again? Because he's be he's going to be making money. at All home. right. So here's a question. <laughs> if he is able to live stream, will he be as popular as he was more, more popular or less popular? More. Even more. So you think that this is going to be something that's going to backfire against the people that want to see his downfall? Yeah, sure. yeah 100 percent. So he's only going to come back stronger. Yeah. yeah Destiny, would you agree to that as well? If I, if just as I know, we know you're not tuning yeah, into no, his live stream. As somebody stream. that's been in the internet for a long time, yes. this is like my feeling. My yeah. feeling is that when he comes back immediately, he'll get really popular. But I feel like we're kind of moving on from a lot of like the big red pill explosive popularity stuff. So unless he changes up and starts talking about other stuff, I feel like it's going to wane a little Do bit. Do you think he will change things up? Um, I don't know. I don't know how long. He's only been in internet content in like for what, like a year or two? Mm -hmm. um, a couple years, yeah. Yeah, surviving. But he for was long doing stuff. He was doing non-internet stuff. Yeah, but yeah. the question is, will he remain like politically, or not politically, uh, like popular on social media? Be, be, finding people, I've been doing this for 12 years. Um, wow. Every like three years, it's a whole new cast and crew that comes in and out because it's really hard for people to keep things like fresh. And you can find a lot of YouTube channels where people have two, three, four, five million subs that post videos for like 15,000 viewers. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I feel like I feel like when he comes out initially, if, especially if he's streaming to house arrest, those are going to be huge streams. <laughs> so, but then I, I feel like I feel like just in general, we're, like the red pill stuff is kind of going, and we're going to kind of see what the next phase of internet content. Mm -hmm. is. And That's so, one quick question, and we'll come to Brody. Um, I like what you're saying because you're saying that every couple of years you kind of got to reinvent yourself. Yes. If you're doing the same thing you were doing 12 years ago, nobody does that. Nobody was nobody was doing what they were doing five years ago and is like still popular. Gotcha. Like so really give me a little timeline for Destiny here. So 12 years you're doing what? <sighs> 10 years ago what, five years ago what, now versus uh, versus today? Uh, I mean, 12 years ago, I started playing StarCraft II. That mm -hmm. was like the start of streaming. I did that for a few years. Um, then I kind of broke out and did like League of Legends slash like variety games. So you were doing all gaming stuff yeah, 12 years ago. Yeah, all games. I did gotcha. that to be more like a personality rather than just like No political StarCraft. stuff, no, no red pill, blue pill stuff at all at that point. No, and then got 2016, it. I started doing political stuff. And then well, I was That was like at the, the height of the Trump, Trump election. Yeah. Got it. And I was like the first like left-leaning like debate bro. So big asshole, you know, like you. Um, and then, um, no, I'm just kidding. You're nice. Subtle jab. And then like 2019, 2020 and onwards, I've kind of like mellowed out as all men do as they age. And now I'm kind of the more like empathetic, compassionate, 
don't scream at people approach. Nice. So and you like, have, and you're a father now. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, for 12 years, so been a father. Okay, got it. Well, not when you started, right? <laughs> when I started being a father? No, not when you started doing YouTube content. Yeah, you it was 12, 12 years. years. Yeah, 12 years. All right, listen, when that's I, not my thing. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm just trying to give you a little shout out right here. In 2010, I got my first paycheck for, it was like $203. And I mathed Ballin'. out. Yeah, I mathed out quickly because I was doing carpet cleaning. I was working, it was like 13-day stretches. Every other Sunday off, fucking horrible. And when I saw my first paycheck from Justin TV back then, uh, I did the math, and I was like, if I did this full time, I'd make about as much money as I make carpet cleaning, but it wouldn't be as miserable. Got it. So, but Ray, uh, my kid's mom was pregnant then, so I went and told the boss, oh, my God, I think she's going to deliver early. I need to quit, and then I just stopped that job. Wait, so just to <laughs> tie the, the, the loose ends together here, yeah. you're basically saying when Andrew Tate does get, come out because you believe he's innocent, he's going to need to reinvent himself <laughs> soon. It, yeah, I think you have to do something more. I think people are going to get tired out of like, the matrix. Yeah, I don't stuff. object to that. Even Trump, to some extent, has had to kind of do that. Like, you saw him, like... Go really I don't hard think on he's the, reinventing himself. Well, no, no, but like, like I think that people got fatigued about crying about the election, right? Mm-hmm. But he, he, as of kind of recently, he's gotten off of that, and he's like making fun of DeSantis, and he's kind of like moved on from yeah. other things a little bit. But so, if he does that for another few more years, like people are going to be like, bro, you got to Lesson out there is if you're still doing the exact same thing you were doing <laughs> 10, 15, five years ago for that matter, mm-hmm. you got to switch it up. It's getting stale. you got to yeah. reinvent yourself. For no sure. No doubt. Brody, you want to weigh in on this? What are the odds that he's innocent, guilty? Do you have any strong feelings on this that you want to get off your chest? Okay. <laughs> um, so for transparency's sake, I briefly dated Tristan Tate, like maybe two and a half years ago before they rose to fame. So you can imagine what that's been like, <laughs> watching everything go down. Um, it's hard for me to have an opinion because of that. Um, but I would, I would probably say that if you take whatever they say for face value, then it would be really easy to arrest them. But if you believe everything that they say, then that's on you. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's kind of. You're saying I, that they're kind of playing a caricature? I don't know if it's a character. I, I didn't spend enough time with them to, to know. It's hard for me to say that I have a negative opinion because it didn't end well between me and Tristan. So I don't want to speak out of emotion. Okay. But um, I will say that I think looking back at conversations that I've had, and then seeing what has happened, what has transpired, I think back and I think like, man, like, could that have been an attempt to bring me over there? Hmm. So that's something that I have considered. That being said, I also think that there has oh. been, sorry that I'm emotional. It's, no, it's, no, it's okay. It's, Get it off your chest. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's just something I, I like, I, I look at it and I try to be level-headed. So I think like, innocent until proven guilty. I'm not one to, to, you know, villainize anyone. And I also think that him being in prison has also deified him and made him a martyr. So I think that him getting out of, out of this and going and doing live streams, I think he's going to blow up and be even, oh, sorry, and be even more successful. Um, I think there's a reason that society has a need for a Tristan Tate and an and a Andrew Tate. What do you think um, that need is exactly? I think it's a need to express masculinity. And I think it's a need to... I think, I think that in, in Western society specifically, men are being told that they're not supposed to be masculine. And I think that their hyper-masculinity is an antidote to that for some men. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I think that it's, it, it is on a, to a point where it's too much. Saying like that, you're, that you are comfortable beating women 
or saying that you are going to use tactics of abuse on women so that they don't leave or so that they can make you money, I don't see that as traditional masculinity. So that's where I have a problem with it. And I should say that when I, way back when, I was like 21 at the time, when I uh, was dating him, I didn't know enough about him. I was so starstruck. I just saw this really powerful, strong man who had a bunch of other powerful people around him. So that was, to me, really exciting. Um, but the minute that I learned about all of the other stuff, about how he has a girlfriend in, in every other state, that was for me when, when it was no longer even a possibility that we would, we would be together. So it wasn't attractive to you that he had other women other places? Did you think that you were the only girl at the point? At that point, I did. I didn't. Okay. I, I was. I was really naive, obviously. You're 21. I mean, <laughs> I, they didn't have. They didn't have an online presence the same way that they do now. And how did you guys meet initially? We met. Don't through, tell me it was at a yacht in Miami. It was at a yacht. <laughs> it was through Fresh and Fit. Can't they, make this yeah. up. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So it was at Fresh and Fit yeah. yacht party, Miami. Yeah, met. and it was okay. like. It was, and he treated you well, at he least initially. Was like. He told me immediately. Like I was so stupid. I'm so embarrassed to even talk about this. I never thought I would talk about this publicly. Well, you're there now, so just get it off your chest. The world's going to be better for it. I've seen him speak in interviews since, and I've Mm -hmm. seen him explain the tactics that he uses. And I've seen... I'm I'm sorry. This is so embarrassing. I cry all the time, by the way. It's like not even... It's no big deal. So, So, yeah, so he really made me feel loved. And then he flipped like that. Um, can't, can't it be said that that's common in a lot of relationships, right? Like, no, you don't, you don't think so? You don't think a guy, no. you don't think guys in general will tell girls what they want to hear? I, and then is, okay, once this, they this get the, what they the want, that I they kind of flip? Go ahead. If, so, to, without getting like too deep in all this, because I don't want to trash everybody, okay? When I listen to like the dating advice and everything given by like the red pill community, most of it is like the most like virginy incel shit I've ever heard in my life. Like the idea that like one guy can juggle five women and they'll feel like more competitive for it is like bullshit. But if you watch Tristan's videos on picking up women and the strategies that he talks about, he is very clearly very experienced at what he does. But it's not like the normal of like you, you know, you're trying your best when you're like meeting a girl initially. It is like a whole series of like tactics that are like optimized to like take advantage of somebody's like vulnerabilities and to make them feel as special as possible and a short amount of time as possible while like not really being forthcoming with like your intentions. Yeah, but I gotta tell you guys, let's just put Tristan Tate aside. There's a whole fucking realm of books and categories from pickup artists that is dedicated to this exact subject. What's so to, to basically villainize, and, uh, to, uh, whether it's Tristan or Andrew or any one particular guy, guys, like I always say this all the time, guys want women. Women, girls, just want to have fun. Fun costs money, so men need to go make money. And why do men need to go make money? Because men want women. There goes the circle of life. So men are constantly reading books and watching videos in order to improve getting women. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There is a difference when it's misleading. Right? How do you mean misleading? As in if I tell you that like you're the most... Like if you're fucking a girl in the middle of fucking her, you find out that she's got a body kind of 10,000. Right? How do you feel? It's the biggest whore in the world, yeah. Sure. It, yeah, okay. and it'd probably be a whore to you, right? Well, if, you, if some guy is talking to you in a particular way and you feel like you're a special person and then you find out he said the same shit to 100 other women in mm-hmm. the past month, it's the same feeling, right? Well, let's, let's remove Brody there because it, you're 25 now, 24? I'm almost 25 now. Okay, yeah. she's an amazing person. This is four <laughs> years ago. She's way better for it. She's 
beautiful, amazing girl. So let's just move Brody aside. It's okay. Um, I, like yeah. I was, I was involved. There was. You have experience with this, this but well, difficult. here's what I want to say about this. Then I'll yeah. come to you. Um, men, you know the the old adage: women fall in love with their ears. Wait, stop. Men fall in love with their eyes. Yeah, don't. Men stop the like adage. really the pretty women. Adages. Yeah. What do you mean? That's 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 a that's a. Common... Yeah, it's like a way to avoid the conversation, right? So I, I don't care about the old adage. Listen, there. I do a thing where if I'm really into a person, everybody does this. Every guy does this. Every girl does it. What I'm you, saying you is, really men, li men lie and women lie. If you men if you're, lie with their mouth. Women lie visually. You ain't that tall. Your heels, you got heels. You were you were five three. Now you're five six. Your titties ain't that big. You have a C cup. Now it's a fucking triple D yeah, cup. Yeah, but as a guy, you, you know they're wearing makeup. You get if face you really think a woman looks like you that, that's your fault. You get a tummy tuck. You get a, sure. you get, okay. like women will lie visually, uh -huh. and men will lie verbally. That whether that's Tate or whoever, that's just human nature. Do you think any of these three women right now aren't wearing makeup? I think they're all wearing makeup. Okay, like the, so when you say that they, when you say they lie visually, we know that's part of like the social accepted thing. Is that like you're wearing makeup, you're wearing high heels. You can see who's got high heels on, right? It's not like a deception, right? You know what's going on. But when a guy is trying to misrepresent to a girl that there's like uh, he's like reserving himself for a special monogamous relationship and he's got like some plans in the future, but he's only doing that. If you want to talk about adages, that's we have a name for that. It's called a fuckboy, right? Mm -hmm. That's exactly what that is. It's not just a way you don't get women by being a fuckboy. You play women by being a fuckboy, right? I... If you want to be really romantic in the beginning of a relationship and that kind of falls off because you like you you suck at like maintaining it that's a fundamentally different thing than i've got like explicit strategies that i use to try to get a woman to fall in love with me so that i can fuck her and get what i want and then ditch her in, like well let months, me ask you this right? destiny yeah. and you're a pretty straightforward guy of course are you trying to tell me you've never used a pickup line you've never told a girl hey by the way i'm pretty big on twitch over i got my youtube yeah. you've never used anything to basically meander your way into a woman's heart just a little i'm sure you no, have there's it's there would be a difference between me going to a girl and be like, hey, I'm big on YouTube, blah, 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 versus like, hey, I'm going to like dump my wife and like live with you. Those are two fundamentally well, different things. that's an extreme. But no, I that's not going. an extreme. Yeah. That, that, that is the level of like playing we're talking about, right? If you look at, I can't speak to her situation, but okay. if you look at like the past logs, tons of them, between Tristan, uh, Andrew, and the girls they talk to, a lot of it is represented like that. I need you to be loyal to me. I need to make sure that you love me more than anyone else. I need to make sure that you're going to be there for me and I'll be there for you as much as you want. You're going to be the only girl. Like they talk about these things and they get love other girls. Love bombing, I believe. Is no, the, is the it's not love bombing. Okay. It's, it's deception and lying. All right, let's let Brody yeah, get a word. It's hard to admit that you've been manipulated when it's it's shameful to be a person that was manipulated, even though the person that manipulated you is online talking about how he how he manipulates people like you. So it's and then on top of that, all of the top G fans who, by the way, after we dated Tristan, very kindly po you know posted a video where he was talking about me. Uh, and so all of his fans ended up bombarding me and slut shaming me, which I hate that term. I'm so like, I'm so independent, and I'm not. I'm I, I'm I'm annoyed when when girls are easily manipulated, and then to have that happen to me, and to then have all this like online. It's it, it's. So what do you want the world to know? Since so this is a very personal <laughs> issue, we're basically weighing in. Have any of you I'm guys ever met? that it's even making me emotional. Okay. That's to that extent. I don't think this is affecting your life, so I don't... I, don't, I also, I, like, I, I think, like, like, the girls that worked for them and put themselves in that situation, at least I, within a week or two, at least within a week or two, I was like, wait a minute, something's off here. This is not okay. Something's not right here. I, I look at the girls that got into that situation where they're in Romania, and I don't know whether or not they're sex trafficked, and I can't make, I can't make any... Uh, what, what I do know is that there's definitely manipulation going on, but manipulation is not illegal. 
So, valid I, point. I, yeah, it's not illegal. I look at those girls and I think well, it's your responsibility. For sex trafficking, it is. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, well, yeah, you, that's that's a good point. <laughs> anyway, but that's what that's what we can't quite prove yet. But Brody, because um, um, yeah. we'll wrap up because we got a lot of stuff we got to cover today. I Anything else you <laughs> want to get off your chest that you want to just so you, just so you're at peace with the situation? Because obviously, it's very brave of you to just put your shit out there well, like I was, this. I was not planning on speaking. I know about you weren't. This. You didn't have to, and you you wanted to, and I respect that. Uh, final thoughts before we move on because we're not going to spend the whole episode on this. I guess I'll just say like there was. I just want to share one more thing that happened since I dated Tristan was I was I dated somebody new I really liked him we were we were dating for a long time and when Tristan and Andrew got sent to prison I, I like called my boyfriend I was like this is crazy like this guy that I dated is in prison and my, my boyfriend said to me uh, are you talking about Tristan Tate and I said yeah and he goes I was just wondering what kind of girl would possibly be manipulated by them so I just want to, like, I just want to ask anyone who's watching this, just, this is so pathetic. I'm so embarrassed. I'm fine. Just try not to judge. Like, it's, it's not something I'm proud of. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I'll tell you this, and, and this is from a guy that likes women. Okay, I'm just, I'm just destiny. destiny. Go with me for a second I'm here. sorry, yeah, from go a guy that likes women. Yeah, go ahead. There's way worse dudes that you can be affiliated <laughs> with and be dating. Like, you know, not to like dick ride or anything like that. Those guys got money, they're good looking, they're well spoken, they've got a lot going on for them. They treat women for the most part with respect. I get it, alleged. So like, don't be ashamed of dating a, a top G. Like, I, I, if you were like, I dated fucking Charles Manson, I'm like, imagine, holy shit, bitch, imagine like, that, what are you told, doing? But like, <laughs> imagine I wouldn't be ashamed. Constantly bombarded with videos. And by the way, I'm relatively, relatively conservative leaning. Mm-hmm. Imagine being bombarded with content about how your ex manipulates women. That's, that's mm-hmm. my experience since yeah. they've been. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, have you ever spoken about this in public like this? No, never. You got it off your chest. And I, you're going to be a lot better for it. Like, you move on. This is four years ago. You're good to go. It's, it's a little yeah. less, but yeah. Destiny, you're just like, it's like a kid in a candy store over there. It's what do you like, want to say, like, buddy? I'm sorry, but when we did this episode with like pearly things and shit here, it's like the perfect difference between like, like a woman is like, I got manipulated by a person. It feels really shitty. I feel like I was misled. And then like the guy, like the red pill side is like, but bro, he had a lot of money and he was like fucking famous. Like, isn't that awesome? And it's just like, it's the perfect no. like dichotomy to like what is actually happening in the real world. I Whereas like how do red people like, red pill people like sell Clearly not it's awesome. Like, but, but what I'm saying is like, I wouldn't be ashamed of dating a, that's like saying, and I'm not making this exact comparison. It's like, how many young girls does Leonardo DiCaprio date? Okay. You know, the whole thing with Leonardo DiCaprio is like, once they turn 25, turn them back in. You know, there's a, a, a line of women who are 25, 26 years old. They're like, look at Leo. I just thought that, that he told me he loved me. And it's fucking, it's like, yeah. yo, girl, it's fucking well, Leonardo then, DiCaprio. Then again, and that girl is like, well, it's Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, it's not some C-list retarded actor out there. Like, you dated Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay, with, okay. Okay, with that, what I'm saying is like, there's no, levels not, to this okay, game. We do this as long as you want, okay? It's not even remotely the same, okay? The difference is that 
now this is a guess. I don't know how Leo runs his shit, but my guess is, is when you're getting fixed with Leonardo DiCaprio, you know what you're in for. You know what you're signing up for. The whole way that the Tates were so successful in doing what they did, though, was the constant deception and gaslighting about what they were doing. It was that this was the one girl they were talking to, that they had mm -hmm. one future for this person. The other girls didn't mean anything. They were just employees. They weren't, they weren't involved in anything or whatever, that you're going to be the one. That's the difference. If Leo was saying that to girls, then that would be fucked up. Okay. It would be wrong. Fair but enough. And I will a, say I this, and just to Brody's credit here, she was a girl that he was dating. She didn't do any of the... Mm -hmm. She wasn't sex trafficked. She wasn't a video cam girl. Yeah, she wasn't I a sex it, worker. But I bet she was a pretty girl that dated a guy. That's it. Am I right? That's how I would love to think of it. It did not last long enough to get to any point. Okay. Yeah, but there like, are probably worlds where, not to say that like you would do horrible things, but I can, I'm sure you can imagine, maybe not, I, I don't want to, but like, fuck, like, could it have been the case that you would have made a dumb decision where you would have been somebody in Romania doing one of these things, or could you have gotten, like... Well, I, she did it. She's like, smarter can, than that. I and, can tell and, you there were yeah. conversations that we had where I could tell he, he was... Angling he was for angling for me to move to Europe. And, and, you know, a quick Google search, and I ended it. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was a Google search of seeing a few of his interviews, and I messaged him, something like, I, can we talk about this? He didn't want to talk about it, so that was it. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Uh, Guys, we ready to move on? Anyone think you want to say? Final I'm word? <laughs> I'm just worried about the fallout, but it's all good. <laughs> I think you're going to be better for it. Guys, if you're watching out there, be nice to Brody. She's a good human and <laughs> a lovely lady. It's the internet. Lady. Say what let's you want. Let's clap it up for Brody's for just <laughs> being, being brave. Thank is. you about that. <laughs> yes. uh, let's move on a little bit. By the way, thank you guys for watching. Nat, we're going to be coming to you for any super chats out there um nat is there anything you want to do now or should we wait for the super chats uh we'll wait for the super chats and we'll come back. okay um guys can we move on a little bit yeah. everyone take a stock sip tips. of water what are we doing next <laughs> i love how you throw stock tips in with andrew tate congratulations <laughs> that uh here's the story that i want to talk about right now if we can put this up and this has to do with american values and we're going to talk and everyone here is from a different part of the world i want to say or has a different lineage right now uh so we'll bring that up so i bet american values that at one point defined who we are in Americans has plummeted over the last 25 years, and they've tracked this since 1998 wow. to now 2023. So here's the deal, here's the article. The Wall Street Journal's latest poll finds that American values, which defined our national character for generations, has plummeted. These values include patriotism, religion, having children, and community involvement are all receding in importance. When asked which of these values is very important, Here's the breakdown. Patriotism has gone down in the last 25 years from 70% to 38%. Religion has gone down from 62% to 39%. Having children has gone down from 59% to 30%. And community involvement has gone from 47 It actually increased to 62% a few years ago and has now plummeted to 27%. The only priority that people basically said is very important to them that has grown in importance marginally in the last 25 years is money, which has gone up from 31% to 43%. The most shocking stat. Right? What's that? Because the of the Sauce Thank you for that. <laughs> free plug from Destiny right there. I'll pay you those, those dividends on that. Save that money. Respect. The most shocking, though, and this is where I want to get you guys to weigh in on this, is younger Americans, basically millennials and Gen Z, place a low importance on these values compared to boomers. So basically, we just use the national percentages, but they're breaking it down by uh, Gen Z, Millennials, Gen X, and Boomers, and then Boomers are basically 60 plus, and then anything above that is traditional, you know, 
great grandma out there, um, they didn't, they weren't included in this poll. But the the numbers are have plummeted across all the board with all those in individual generations. But by um, the youngest Americans, they've plummeted significantly. Hear those numbers. So especially when it comes to patriotism and being proud to be an American. This fucking grinds my gears. Here it is. Breakdown by generation. 73% of boomers, baby boomers, 60 plus, proud to be American. Gen X, 54% proud to be American. Millennials, 36%, all right? And Gen Z, who are basically 25 and under, 16%. Wow. 16%. Wow. Okay? So... um what I love about this panel right here, and I have no clue what you guys are about to say. You have someone from Israel, Jewish from Israel. Your family is Brazilian, I want to say. Were you born in Brazil or you were born here? I'm first generation. First generation. Your family's from Brazil. You're from El Salvador. El Salvador. You're American, but half Cuban. Your mom's from Cuba. A lot of your family's from Cuba. Natalia, your dad is from where? Where's your dad from? Um, Honduras, and then my mom is from Guyana. Okay, so you know she likes those Jamaican patties. She's out there <laughs> doing her thing. She's doing her thing. Yes. Uh, my family escaped the Bolshevik Revolution, Ashkenazi Jews in the early 1900s, got the hell out of Russia. Nobody loves America more than this guy right here. America. Okay, so when I see stats like this, it is disgusting to me. All these stats, I feel like, it's, it's disappointing. Okay, religion, having children, community involvement. Great to hear about money. But the patriotism one to me is what really upsets me. So my question to you guys is, why do younger generations hate being American? Is this sustainable? And what concerns you the most? Rebecca, go ahead. Let's start I'm with you. first. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it upsets me a lot. Um, I don't even know what to say about this. Um, I think in general, just going through school, there's this huge woke culture um, that's completely taking over universities. These kids don't even, and I call them kids, I'm sorry. These kids don't even know what they stand for. They just listen to something in a classroom and then just regurgitate it on social media or you know, whenever someone brings it up on street interviews or something like these, they have nothing to stand on. And so, I mean, it does it surprise me? Absolutely not, because you could see the trend going down. I think as millennial, like I'm a millennial, I'm an elder millennial. Um, me too. I'm the oldest millennial. I yeah, like to, I like to own that. I'd rather be the oldest millennial than the youngest Gen Xer. Yeah, I feel <laughs> like ahead. I feel like we got a lot of crap about this. Like we were the worst generation until until Gen Z came along. Um, but then I just look at Gen Z and just the comp like they're just pushing socialism. They're pushing communism. They're pushing all these things. They ha they have no idea. People that leave these countries mm -hmm. that. Like my dad left Brazil, my parents left Brazil, made their lives here. My dad, he said that, my dad has since passed away, but my dad, he said he would serve in the military if he could, if he was an American citizen. And he was like the true patriot. He loved America. From Brazil. From Brazil. Respect to your dad. Um, came here with $200 in his pocket and made his way. 
And so you see a lot of these um, people that immigrate here that want that American dream, that want that American lifestyle that they are told in their countries it's what people desire. That's why people immigrate here. And then you have Americans that are basically shitting on America, wanting to live anywhere else. And they have no idea because many of these kids and these adolescents have never left the country to experience what poverty actually looks like. Like the favelas in Brazil, no one would want to live there, okay? Talk about corruption. Brazil is probably the one of the most corrupt countries in the world, and people are glorifying these countries. And just trust me, going to Brazil is amazing. Go get you a Brazilian woman, whatever. <laughs> Passport Shout bros. Out to James. <laughs> but a lot of these Americans, a lot of these adolescents, have never left the country. They have never yes. left their like neighborhoods sometimes, you know? And so it's naive to think for them. I think it's just a sense of, uh, just, they're just naive. Yeah. Rebecca brings up such a good point that it's not the immigrants that move to this country that are basically out there being like, fuck America. We hate America. It's the kids who have been there here for generations. They're entitled. Let's say they have it. So we have it so good here in America. And yes, you could easily say, well, we have this problem. We have this problem. Every country has problems, okay? Every country has problems. But it's the kids who have it so good that all they do is complain. Like, you're from El Salvador. Yes. We recently did a whole segment about what's going on with El Salvador and MS-13. And we mm-hmm. talked about how the president of El Salvador, Nayib Bukele, what he's cleaning up the country. Yes. He's a huge Bitcoin advocate. He's basically all about capitalism, all about yeah. freedom, all about free enterprise getting the criminals off the streets, and he reposted. It was incredible. It was amazing. <laughs> Shout out to you. But you're yeah, from El Salvador. Mm-hmm. How long have you lived in America now? So I migrated in 2001. Okay. I am not first generation. A lot of people think I am because I am bilingual. Um, and the thing is that when we migrated here in 2001, it was our, my American dream story is completely different. Um, it wasn't so much for a better work economic opportunity for my family, it was more so for better health uh, Mm -hmm. care. And the reason why is because my brother, he wasn't speaking, he was drooling, and he was four years old, and the doctors are like, no, don't worry, eventually this will pass, and he'll be fine, and this will, like, he'll be okay. Thankfully, my parents did not conform to what the doctor said, and they said, okay, let's go to Miami, let's seek for better health opportunities there. What we came for was not to stay. It was supposed to be temporary. <clears throat> we came for my brother. We ended up staying here because my dad got diagnosed with cancer. And it was one of those things where, I mean, I was three years old coming to this country. To answer your question, I apologize. I derailed a little bit. But it was really difficult trying to start that life because we didn't have family here. Uh, by the grace of God, there are uh, there are community services and community groups such as um, the Ronald McDonald House of Foundation. There was the Camilla's House that helped us out a lot, and thanks to them, I want to say is that gave us like the base, the fundamental to have a better opportunity within the healthcare industry uh, for my brother and for my dad at the time who got diagnosed with cancer. Um, being here, I want to say when I was around four years old, I go to daycare and I'm in the Salvation Army daycare. 
the first words that I learned in English were, I am proud to be an American. Mm. And you know, you they tell you, oh, okay, when you go home, tell your parents what you learned in school. When they ask you, oh, what did you learn in school today? I am proud to be an American. My parents could not stop in awe looking at me because they were like, wow, this little girl doesn't speak English. And the first thing she's saying is, I am proud to be an American. And maybe at the time I didn't understand. I was like, yeah, I just learned su something super cool. But I'm so grateful that I, those are the first words that I learned in English because I am proud to be an American. I am proud to be Salvadoran. I am proud to live in this country because it is the country of opportunities that helped not only me, but so many other people, so many immigrants like you, like us, with dreams, with ambition, that have also ignited a passion to see, okay, man, maybe I come from this background. Maybe I was in poverty, but just because I come from poverty does not mean I need to stay in poverty. Respect to you. I'm going to clap it up for you. Proud to be an American. Destiny, I know you got to wipe your, your tears a little bit right there. I know you're shedding a tear. But how proud are you to be an American? I know that you're very opinionated on this. you got a lot of thoughts, politically speaking. Where do you stand all this? Is this upsetting when you see these well, like, stats? Well, like, eh, on it. Okay. okay. Explain I think why. We have a, I think I like a criminal justice system. I think we're afforded a lot of rights. Um, and protections that even a lot of Western European countries aren't, especially when it comes to things like freedom of speech. I appreciate that. Um, but I, I think that when it comes to talking to older generations, uh, history is not enough. If you talk to a Gen Zer and you ask them, like, what, what is the history of America for you? It's the Iraq War, the Afghanistan occupation, and then it's whatever the fuck has been going on for the past 10 years in our political system mm -hmm. where we've been more divided than ever. And... I understand that if we do comparisons to the worst parts of Brazil or Central or South America, then we can say, oh, cool, like America's, you know, better than those places. But when you think of, like, countries that we should be trying to be better than, places like France, Germany, Switzerland, Sweden, the UK, like, something doesn't seem to be working where we pay a lot of taxes, we've got a huge country, we have all this potential, but, like, our cities are falling apart, we lead the world in incarcerated citizens, we've got school shootings going on, We've got a lot of homeless people. Like, what, what's happening? We have no services anywhere. Um, we don't have buses. We don't have subways. We don't, like, our housing is, like, a disaster. Um, I, like, I'm sympathetic. If a Gen Zer says, like, oh, like, I don't like my country. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I feel that. Like, I, I don't know where the big, like, pride comes from. Like, is it in the military spending? Is it in events that happened, you know, landing on the moon in 69? Do you feel good about that as an American citizen? Like, um, if you're born here and you've been here and you're not, like, an ultra-wealthy person, I think that we, we need to do a better job at, like, asking the question, like, what does America have to offer for you? Because in Western Europe, it's free education. Um, it's a way to get to and from any place you want at any time of the day with public transport. Um, it's access to health care without being, you know, financially crippled if you make a, if you get an accident. Um, I, I don't know what the answer is for younger people in the United States right now with regards to that. So that's, and I appreciate what you're saying right there. That, that, that seems to be almost like a, a glass half empty response not and you're, you're i'm not saying that's your response but you're basically advocating for what younger americans say but you could also say so many good things about america no you, you but the problem you the reason why you can't anymore is because everything's become so politically partisan that even on the good things we can't take credit for it anymore um that not to i don't know where everyone is political here but in my opinion yeah i think that the 
mRNA vaccines, hopefully, historically, that would that is going to be like heralded as like an amazing accomplishment of U.S. innovation and capitalism, of worldwide uh, capital investment, of scientific knowledge, engineering, of our history of public investment education. That was an amazing invention. But like half the people think that mRNA vaccines are Bill Gates trying to inject like microchips in you. So that that, in my opinion, that's like our modern day version of the moon landing. That was like a vaccine from nothing to um, marketed and like. 10 months or something. Operation Warp Speed. But sure. there's a lot of problems with the vaccines. You've seen some of this stuff. There are a lot now, of problems that... with our push to, to go to the moon. <laughs> I mean... I also think the only reason the vaccines came so quickly is because of the capitalistic structure. I agree, 100%. Yeah. It wasn't Russia. It wasn't China. Yeah. It was the United States. Yeah. But we can't even take credit for that because like, we fucking hate each other. And it's well, like a just because everything's issue. so politically polarized in this country and everyone's living in an echo chamber mm -hmm. and just want to spout I'm out exactly... I'm curious for you because you're the big America guy. Over the past like 10 or 15 years, what are some American things where you're like, that's a thing that I think is really so, cool that America did. So I'm not even going to go macro uh, geopolitical perspective. I'm just going to go my life. No, no, no. Don't you. Not your no, life. Because I, I know, I, no, because Gen Z it doesn't care about your life. What can we be proud of as Americans for America? Well, like what the I, moon well, landing. I'll, I'll give you, okay, so I'll give you my life, and then we'll go from there. Okay, sure. You're talking to a kid when he was 25 years old. I was doing stand-up comedy. I was broke as fuck. I was living on my buddy's couch. At 26, I said, I am sick of being broke. And what I did was I said, all right, America gives me an opportunity to do whatever I want to do. Now, it's on me to wake my ass up, to get to a job and work. It's on me. The government's not coming to save you like they do in a lot of these other countries, these socialist countries where basically you pay 50% in taxes and you get free health care. whoop de doo what do you, I just came uh, from California. I paid like, what, 40% of taxes? Insane, exactly. I didn't get anything for it, though. Well, you get the view of California. But for me, I said, let me put <laughs> in the work now. I got a job as a cold caller for a financial firm, busted my ass for years, and then by the time I'm 35, I went from having zero dollars in my bank account to have a million dollars in my bank account. You know they that, that doesn't happen anywhere else in the world you, other than America. That's, you don't think they have stand-up comics in Australia? You don't think they have stand-up comics in the UK? No. Yeah, are, they have Jim broke stand-up comics. Or, no, yeah, it's of not course broke they do. A lot of the yeah. actors that we get come from the UK. Uh, You're missing my point, like, though, Destiny. I got out point? of stand-up comedy and got into the financial world. And you because can't do that joke, in Europe. There is no financial sector in Europe to be a part of. How many? Okay, if you go on the on the top. 100 richest people in the world. Go top 20. What percentage do you think are from the United States? Probably quite a bit, but most 75 percent. Most people aren't the top 100 wealthy people in the world. But they that's can the be. No, they not. They're not going to get there with this victim mentality that I hate this country. It sucks. It's so bad do you for know me. How many people? How much opportunity do you have a, in America? Is a, incredible. Here's a math question. How many people can be in the top 100 wealthiest people in the world? Yeah, 100, 100. out of 8 billion. Exactly. <laughs> no, 100 yeah, people exactly. can be in the. So when you look at a Gen Zer. And they're comparing their average life to somebody in like Germany or France or the Netherlands. Like, is that your pitch to them? Like, bro, you, you could don't, be a billionaire? So like, my pitch to those young people is you don't need to be the hot top 100 richest people in the world. You don't need to be the top 100 best people, richest people in your city. Just be better than you were the day before. You can and do then that the in next every day, country of the world. Be better. No, you can't. America has so many opportunities. This is why her family came from El Salvador. Her family came from Brazil. Her family came from Israel. This is why your Israel. family escaped <laughs> communist Cuba. Because it's, America was the closest country. Okay. You're going to swim from Cuba to fucking the United Kingdom. You can go, no, they can go to Colombia. They can go to Mexico. They can go to Haiti. The United States has they, like one of the worst immigration dying. processes yeah. of all these fucking okay. countries. Why How about this? Go How about this? Okay. We say this all the time. It's on not like Syrian refugees all came to the United States. I'm going to ask States. you a question. The closest countries, Since right? you're pl so politically sure. um, informed. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm not even saying that sarcastically. You are. 
We say this all the time on PBD Podcast, so I'm going to go round table. If you know the answer, don't say it. Okay. How do you judge a good restaurant? How do you judge a good nightclub? The bathroom. How do you judge it? The what? The bathroom. The bathroom, okay. <laughs> how do you judge a good restaurant? I would say just how the management is handling the employees. Okay, the management. How would you go? I look at the reviews. The reviews, mm -hmm. okay. Good reviews. reviews. How would you judge a good restaurant? Probably word of mouth. Word of mouth. What would you say if it was the wait in line to get in? So if you go to a restaurant and there's nobody there, nobody in line trying to get in, you're like, oh, this place fucking probably sucks. But if you go to your favorite restaurant or go to a restaurant and it's like, hey, how much, uh, how, how long for a seat? They're like, yeah, the wait's like two hours. You're like, what? They're like, yeah, like the place is packed. Everyone's waiting to get in. There's a two hour wait. You're like, holy shit. Now, what do you do? You either, most people, they're hungry. They go, yeah, I'm just going to go to the restaurant down the street. But some people, when it's life or death, say, I'm fucking waiting in line for two hours. So these caravans that are coming from Central America, they're not going south, baby. They're going north to the United States. Okay? Cubans aren't leaving Miami to swim back to Cuba. They're leaving Cuba they to, to come to the United States. States. Are they coming to the United States because it's the best country in the world to go to or because it's the closest one they get to on ground? They, Do you think I the think, caravans are going to go country. up to Alaska, go over to Russia? Well played, sir. Well played, sir. But how many people from Europe, from Middle East, from Africa are dying to come to America. Mm -hmm. Nobody's from trying to Europe? get- Hold on, Nobody's... Western Europe, Germans and French people are like, God, I wish I could make it to the United States. Oh, they you come have here and they make no fun of the idea how many come and, and don't want to leave. fucking Sweden. We've gone through the five year fucking process. Do you think that there's a reason why when these people all come over, they're not voting for conservatives, they're voting for Democrats to make it look more like fucking Europe. Do you think people are coming over from Norway? That might like, be the problem with the country though. No, that's not a problem with the country. You're trying, that's like you leave California oh. because you don't like the policies, you come to Florida and vote for the same motherfuckers. That, the reason you left California but my point is this can, yeah. wait, the I way just... that you judge a restaurant the way that you judge a country are by the lines of people trying I'm going to come to in. your taco shop tonight. there better people... be a big line out there yes. or I'm gonna take a picture you were there the other night destiny there was a fucking line <laughs> way to sneak you in the back door way to sneak you in the back door you know it so the point is this there's a huge line of people trying to come to America how many people are trying to go into Russia to China to certain African countries I don't know how many people are trying to get into Sweden these days that's my opinion. Anyway, go ahead. Well, I just wanted to add that, like, you, you keep saying, like, Germany and Sweden, like, they might be good for specific reasons, uh, but, but just from the perspective of, like, a Jewish person, I would never feel safe there, and neither would any of my family or any other Jewish or Israeli person that I've ever met would never feel safe there. Anyone who travels there hides the fact that they're Jewish. So that's one plus, one point towards America. And then your question about, you know, what has America done well in the past 15 years? I would say absolutely nothing. The core values of America are, are for me, why it's worth it. And the same way that I'm Israeli, I moved here four years ago, and I love my country with all my heart, but I still look at my country and I think, like, God damn it, like, get your shit together. I feel the same way about America. And it makes me sad that Gen Z is depressed, and I know that they're depressed, uh, even though they have no problems compared to the rest of the world, compared to the, you know, people that are in war-torn countries, but pain is relative, and they're in, they're in they're suffering because they have no values. And you can see that, you know, what what did this topic begin with? You know, the, how values are declining. So I will say, you know, we, we need a we need to protect America because it's values of freedom, you know. And I think you bring up a really good yeah. point. I'll say this: if I woke up every day and all I thought was I went on social media, all these girls are so much prettier than me as a girl, or all these guys have so much money, more money than me as a guy. All you do is you see school shootings. It's disgusting. I'll never fucking, you know, 
make the, make that a cornerstone of why I love America. That's right. a, that, that's a major problem that we need to figure out. If you all you do is to see the news and the divisiveness, it's very easy to to basically go down the negative rabbit hole of why America sucks. But most people I know wake up in an air conditioned home, have food on the table, have their phone, have their family, have their friends. They go to school. They live a great life. They don't have to worry about getting killed. Just you know, like you do in El Salvador and Brazil, or if you're. <laughs> what do you compare to fucking? Well, I'm just saying these are where the, the people are from. Or in Israel, I've been in Israel. I'm at a cafe in Israel, and Israel is an amazing, American safe place. Way better than Haiti. Citizens are like we don't have. I've been in Israel, and I'm sitting at a cafe. Lovely area, middle of Tel Aviv, gorgeous area. Next thing you know. Sirens are going off because bombs are happening. That's just your initiation. Yeah, initi exactly. But that's a joke because she's so fucking used to it. We don't have to worry about getting bombed here in America. We got the Pacific Ocean on the left. We got the we got the There's Atlantic Ocean on the right. Than that. We're not getting. I'm not getting bombed in Israel, okay. and I'm not in the roughest places in Central and South America. Well, can I but that's where the people on the panel are from, Destiny. But well, let me Go add ahead, to that: Rebecca. that Israel has the same values as America. Israel is, is America's ally in the Middle East, and the the reason that I laugh at the sirens is because we have the Iron Dome that that intercepts 95% of the rockets that that's are sent funded the by America. <laughs> that's that's funded. Thank you, Benjamin yeah, Netanyahu. Well. <laughs> so and let I, me say one thing about Israel, by the way. Just a quick interlude. Uh -huh. Okay. Do you know, you know how many countries in the Middle East are considered free? There's how many countries in the Middle East? 25 countries? Free right on, for, you know, Iran, for. Iraq, Afghanistan, yeah. Jordan, Kuwait, yeah. uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, yeah, Oman, Lebanon, Syria, the list goes on. How many countries, by the, by the economic study, socioeconomic study, how many countries do you think in the Middle East are considered free? The answer is one. Yeah. So I'm the just country saying of Israel. America's Only one that, country. How do you even quant? Okay, without getting pull into up all any stat. There's four countries that are considered <laughs> free for who? Partly free. Because the Palestinians are there. We're probably twenty percent. <laughs> That's true. Me, well, they're not uh, free. Excuse me. Twenty percent of Israeli citizens are Arab citizens who Correct. who are from Palestinian origins who have every single right that Israelis have, except for one, which is to serve in the military, which they can choose to do so willingly. Sure. And I'm not going to sit here and shit on Israel. I'm a uh, I'm a tepid supporter of Israel. You don't have to be a supporter of Israel or Palestine. It's not one against the other. Well, it kind of is. But I'm just saying it's that like not, if you were to take people, the people who say people, that are, are contributing to the problem. Well, there are way more Palestinians than there are Israeli citizens, right? No. What? Oh, no. if, uh, okay. There are way more people live. There the are more Arabs in that, that land than there are Jewish Arabs, people, right? yes, Palestinians, no. no. So, so, so the reason that there are more Palestinians is because the refugee status is inherited. So there used to be 850,000 Palestinian refugees, and today there's something like 7 million. No, no, I'm not talking about refugees that live in... I'm talking about when you take into account the people that live in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. The, the whole push... Um, for making like a one state or two state solution. There right? are more Israeli citizens, if that's your question. Anyway, we're not going to go wait, down. Wait, 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 we're not, we're not going to solve the Israeli two that, state solution right now on this show. I'm just saying that the, the idea of saying that like, this is the like, freest place on the planet, that's probably true if you take into account people that just live in Israel and have the rights supported by Israel. In but the Middle East. Sure. There's four countries that are partly free. I want to say it's Jordan, Kuwait. How are you measuring these freedoms, too? You think this is my fucking opinion? There's stats on this. There's stats on this. Freedom to vote for a new government. It's individual expression. Internet access, social freedoms, and the ability to vote. That's how you measure freedom. I'm saying American values, which, and, and I extend that to Israeli values, are values that we should be protecting. And when I see people basically cheering for the values of, of dictatorships and socialist governments, it bothers me. And I understand, I, I, I have no problem with democratic values. I would, call, I would consider myself to be a classical liberal, but like... We're taking it to a point where it's it's no longer like we want to make America better. We want to turn America into something else. 
Let's move on to the next topic because this might be to, to your you, point. Well, real I'm just quick. curious. Can you answer that one question though? In the past 15, 20 years, what has America done that like a Gen Zer should be proud of? What has America done? Okay, uh, wealth across the world because of America's leadership, wealth inequality has plummeted. Like there's nobody's dying of starvation anymore. Famines don't exist anymore. Okay, no, like. If you look at from a global statistic standpoint, the world is getting better and better and better and yeah, better. Yeah, but I'm saying America. Was America. Because America is the leader of the world. A lot of these countries, through our soft power, are better because of America's influence. And if America fails to lead, you know who starts leading? China, Russia, Iran. So America's leadership, okay, is a global, has a global effect. So, yes, you can't point out all the negatives that's happened in America right now. Because the last 20 years, quite frankly, have fucking I don't sucked. Point out, I'm just saying that if I'm talking to a Gen Zer, and I, like, my son is a Gen Zer, right? And if he were to ask me, why should I be proud of this country? And my answer is, well, globally, uh, inequality has fallen and less people are hungry in Africa because of America's leadership. That's a lamest fucking answer. It might be true, and that's a good thing. But, like, it, I don't know, does it really get the blood so, pumping, how, you know? The, like, we won World War II. Why, or it's we a free landed, country. That's right? it. Why don't you it's a free country. There's a lot of free countries on the world. America's not Why are you raising sense. your kid in America? You can move back to Cuba. Because I, you, can I was go, born you can take here. your kid anywhere. I'm obviously not moving to fucking Cuba. Okay. Why <laughs> not Sweden? I think I like America because I think America's the best country for rich people. <laughs> that's why I like America, and I'm rich. But I don't think that connects with the average yeah, Gen Zer. Yeah, you take the poorest person in America, bring them to the favelas of Brazil, or bring them to El Salvador. They'll be like, holy what, shit, what about the I'm poor, rich. What about homeless in America compared to people in, like, France, or people in Italy, or Portugal, or even fucking Greece? Like, why, why am I comparing them to South American countries for people that aren't in the same OECD index as we are, for people that don't rank next to us? Because that's where these people are from. I'm just kidding. Are we just at, well, so giving, the question is, should you love America, or should you love America compared to so the what roughest country parts you, of... What country do you love more than America? I don't know Would if I would say I love a country more than America. I'm just saying you that like I like Europe my... more than America. No, fuck Europe and fuck Europeans, okay? What <laughs> so I'm saying is that so like... name a country, <laughs> Destiny. Here's here's what I'm saying, she okay? Wants to live on another planet. When I live in when I live Destiny in California, wants to live in the metaverse. when I live in California or when I live in Florida, yeah. okay? California's a better example because holy fuck the taxes. When I get taxed every day, I don't know what the fuck my money is going towards. My streets suck. Uh, my housing is expensive as fuck. If I get sick, I've got to pay out the, it's probably still bankrupt me if I get enough cancer, okay? If like all of these things, I have no, everything is fucked and I don't know where all my money is going towards. Yeah, but you right? have the ability to get the fuck out of California, come to Florida. Even in Florida, but we still, even for federal taxes. If I'm paying, we'll say 50% taxes in some European country, my school is paid for, my kid doesn't have to worry about getting a fucking, uh, um, yeah, but some kind of scholarship. Yeah, 50% taxes. In Canada, that's the that's the case. You're paying for all of those taxes. The, at the, end of the, the day. bottom fifty percent earners in the United States don't even have like federal tax income liability. I, I would think. not trust the United States the to bottom, educate my child. I would the never top one percent of this country pay more in taxes than the entire bottom fifty percent. The in this top one percent of this country probably earn ten times more than the bottom fifty percent. Because they country. work their ass off. No bullshit. And what they do you innovate. Mean? It's not and about working. I mean, no, hold on. Capitalism does not reward you for working your ass off. It rewards you for supply and demand. That's it. I agree. There's going to be people that work harder than you that make one-tenth the money that you do. No, no, no. At some point, you did have to work your ass off, and then you realized, let me work smart, not work hard, and then you hire people to work okay. for you, and you duplicate yourself, and you create a company, and you say, let me get a fucking COO and a CFO, and let me yeah, hire and an HR, and let me hire people. a sales that's department, great. and it's that person who basically had to work his ass off yeah, Elon Musk of the world, Jeff Bezos that, of the world, but we need people that, that give are... us the world that we have today. In America can... today, I can have anything I want like that, in the click of an Amazon fucking And I thumbnail. agree with that, Boom, and I done. can too, but my teacher has to do fundraisers to buy fucking Kleenex for the kids in class. 
There's she a problem has, there. She only has to work eight months out of the year. There's a, oh my god. Assuming they don't do any. I would not courses. trust the government to to educate my child and and do healthcare right. I know because Israel, we do have uh, universal healthcare and it's shitty. It's really bad. And in the United States, we have the same Destiny, type of healthcare. You and I are going to travel the world oh this summer. God. We're going to go around. Where We're do you want to go? Together. Okay, here's what I, I want. I want us to travel yes. in Western Europe, and I want you to ask the question: Do you wish you could live in America? And then I want to get the recording when every European fucking laughs at you. Everybody in, in any real European country, okay? And, and I'll go around America and ask every American: Do you want to go live in Western Europe? They're gonna be like, "Fuck, I'll go for a week." Uh-huh. And then I'm coming That's back every here. Every Gen Zer's dream. Yeah, I want to go travel Destiny, to Paris. Destiny, here's the final word. Here's the final word. Go do your final thing. America. That was the final word right there. Thank you. Let's let's talk about this. Um, the latest Gen Z trend. Nat, you're good over there? Yeah. Okay, here's the latest Gen Z trend. Everyone okay here? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Everyone take a breather right now. <laughs> okay. Destiny, no, I'm not okay. Is this cake real? Are we going to eat it? Yes. You want some oh, cake? Yeah, well, yeah. 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 Let's have some cake. No, 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 we don't need to. We don't need How to. How do we even get in there? We'll get cake after. Okay, we'll get after. Super chest. <laughs> if you behave, Destiny, yes. you'll get some cake. Behave, Destiny. Everybody wave, wave your finger at Destiny right there and say, okay, if you thanks. behave, you'll get some cake, buddy. All right, maybe you'll end it up on your face and get some blue hair and some some red. We'll just get America red, going on on your blue. face. Red, white, and blue. That's Let's actually go, why I brought the question cake. To read? Let's go. Okay. <laughs> no, here's the, quit the comedy here's the next topic right now that Destiny's getting fired up about. We're shitting on Gen Z, so let's not stop now. Let's talk about the latest Gen Z trend that's sweeping the nation. It is called Bare Minimum Mondays, a.k.a. Quiet, quiet Quitting. Nat, can we pull up that article real quick? Oh, yes. Essentially, the goal... If you can, here's a cautionary tale. Just go to the top. Anyway, um, we'll go one by one. Actually, we get it out of there. Um, The goal is doing the bare minimum on a Monday to take the anxiety off the first day of the week. But uh, the article goes on that it doesn't stop there, and it goes on to the other six days of the week. And let's get your thoughts on this on the back end. They said that bare minimum Mondays is where it starts, where you uh, basically do the bare minimum. Uh, to avoid the anxiety of the first day of the week. And then you get to the take a day off Tuesday, where you just take a day off of work, uh, use a sick day because you're sick of working. Then you get to wake up late on Wednesday, where you hit the snooze button, uh, snooze button, you sleep in, and you put in a half day of work. At that point, it's now throw away your phone Thursday. The boss, the boss is asking where you are. You don't respond. You just chuck your phone because it causes anxiety. Anyway, at this point now, just forget about your job Friday. It's a long week of doing nothing. Don't quit. Just forget about your job. Just ghost your job just like you ghosted that dude, right? Uh, now it's the weekend, so now it's time for say goodbye to capitalism Saturday. And at this point, you got no phone, no job. Sell your belongings, <laughs> and you set yourself free. And the coup de grace is the sail away Sunday. After an unproductive week of doing nothing, just set sail in the open seas. Bon voyage. So anyway... This, the, the person who wrote this article right here is obviously mocking Gen Z, but this trend of uh, bare minimum Mondays is basically taking over uh, Gen Z generation. So I know this is a joke, but in all seriousness, do you guys, you're how old? 24. 24, so you're Gen Z. Brody's 24, she's Gen Z. You're 30? 34. Thir- wow. 34, you're 30. Same. Okay. Four. 30. So you're millennial. <laughs> I own, millennial. I own my uh, Is Gen Z lazy? Are they entitled? Is this a joke? Is just, hey, young people, just are, you have to be passionate about what you got going on in order to give a shit. What's your guys' take? Um, I think, yes, passion is something that definitely drives your fuel. However, if you're working at McDonald's because you just need to have a job in order to pay certain things, you may not be passionate to be going to McDonald's. But you also have to know that you have to start somewhere. You know what I mean? And I want to piggyback off of what uh, Brody was saying 
uh, prior to in the previous question that was asked saying like it does hurt my heart to see how Gen Z is very sad and depressed because yes life happens and I'm not disqualifying anyone's feelings because your feelings are valid however it's what you choose to do with what is happening to you and remember that it's not just happening to you it's how you see it happening for you mm -hmm. you know so don't just do the bare minimum remind yourself that if you push you work your ass off you can achieve something much better than working at McDonald's or mm -hmm. much better than working um, something that you're not passionate about. So that way you can sail away on Sunday and be in a yacht or be in a sailboat wherever you want to be, but you know that it, there's no satisfying feeling than knowing you earned it, in my opinion. Destiny, I actually just thought of something. <laughs> 12 years Facebook. ago, oh, sorry, you asked about America, work ethic. Uh -huh. Give yourself a little credit. Because you've been doing YouTube and creating content for 12 freaking years. True. Okay. How many people were on your first live stream 12 years ago? I, th it's not about me. No, it is. It's not. I wish you guys could understand why, that. Why are we, why, don't because, dodge the question. Because when you guys, because how when many you guys people, talk to Gen Z, my story is amazing. I know it is. Exactly. Well, people don't but know your not story. not everybody can do what I do. It's like yes, going, they to, can, it's like going Destiny, to an underprivileged school because it's called and putting LeBron in the James work. saying, hey, all of you guys should ball really hard. You can all be in the NBA. That's not true. Destiny. Destiny, you're not no 6'9", 250-pound black am. man. You're a 5'9", white streamer. guy. Anyone can do a YouTube streamer, buddy. First of all, Anyone can I have Instagram. Anyone can yes. do TikTok. Go, let Rebecca weigh <laughs> in on this. Yes. Like, any, literally, you can make content on your phone and make money on the internet. I am literally a part-time content creator, and I make money on YouTube. It is not that difficult. I'm so, I know I'm a little heated about this, but honestly, like, the problem is, is that there's no motivation. There's no drive to do anything. You, if you want the world handed to you on a silver platter, you're living on another planet. Like, I'm so sorry to break it to you. Your parents worked hard to put you in a position. Your kid is probably better off because of what you've done. The this blood, sweat, and tears, twitching and streaming and, and whatever you're doing on the internet so that they can live their life, right? And if we sit here and be like, oh, well, my parents suck and blah, 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 I get it. Like, I know that it's hard. You grew up with a phone in your hand. By the time these kids could barely walk, they're thrown an iPad and said, you know, play your game. I get it. But you make the most out of what you have. You have a phone, make content, talk about things you want to talk about, you know, go outside, record yourself. It is so easy in this world to make money. And we're sitting here saying, oh no, the world sucks and everything. Talk about it on Instagram and TikTok. You'll probably get millions of views. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's well, relatable That's what content, I'm saying. It's sure. like, honestly, I, I get it, right? I get it because I have, I have family members that are younger than me. They, my brother dropped out of, dropped out of college, got a software, got it like a, like a, degree programming and now he makes six figures working at home literally just living in his house right but he put the work into it he went to school he got the loan to do that maybe we should start going back to trades maybe we should start like i don't i don't have the answer to everything but we live in a world and an economy where you can literally make money from anywhere you can be sitting on the toilet making money i don't get where like the i don't know i don't get where like we're so oppressed our lives suck like i don't get that i also, don't also 
uh, I feel like aside from the lack of motivation, it's the fact that people don't know who they are and the lack of not knowing their purpose and what they were created for. Explain. You know, so it's like, okay, maybe you were not created to live your life uh, being a Twitcher or to live your life being Sosnik, you know, and having this wonderful podcast, 100th episode, Thank shout out you. to you. Um, but it's knowing that you were created for something much more than where you are now, if it's in a negative situation. And even if you're not in a negative situation, it's knowing, okay, man, I'm good now, but I don't want to conform to good. I want to do something better. You, I know, think, so. you know, I think two things. Um, I think you ever heard the phrase comparison is the thief of joy? Yes. Okay. Um, it's so easy right now. If you're a 21 year old to look at a destiny or an Adam or anyone out here or anyone who has success and be like, well, it's not fair that they have all this. You can do it too. Straight up. You can do it. Destiny 12 years ago, I'm assuming had zero people following him on Twitch. Mm -hmm. My first time I did stand-up comedy, I had three people in the crowd. Two of them were booming, booing, and one of them was my fucking mom, and she was the one booing as well. So things, <laughs> things are tough out there. But now we do live podcasts. We get How many people are watching live right now, Nat? Uh, we have 6,500. We have 6,500 people watching live right now. Okay, by the time this thing is done, we'll have 100,000 views. But you got to start somewhere. And comparing yourself to where people are at it, midway through the race is never a good look. Okay, so yeah, go ahead. How did you start your podcast? Because yes, you did not not uh, succeed, let's say, within the stand-up comedy act, but you Ooh. said, bro, this is not it for me. I'm trying to do something better. Yeah, well, What got you here? So that people can hear your story. Because I, everyone, you know, they say the riches are in the niches. I had to realize, <laughs> hey, maybe stand-up comedy is not for me, and I got a job in sales. Because my thing was I did nightlife, I did stand-up comedy, I did hospitality, I worked in, in bars, restaurants, clubs. I was very good with people and I can sell. So I said, let me just use that and start, and I got into the financial world and I've been doing that for 17 years since at a hedge fund down the street here in Boca and I still do that, okay? I don't quit my day job to do the, the podcasting, <laughs> right? But you have to get good at something. You have to get good at something. Find a career, like you brought up uh, trade, uh, having a, a, trade. a trade. Not everyone, like, the, the Destiny, I know you're going to get triggered on this. Not everyone needs to go to college. College yeah. isn't for everybody. If you go to college, you get a degree. Economically, it will work out better for you than those that don't go to college. But if college isn't for you, you can go to trade schools. You can get to apprenticeships. You can get internships. You can figure it out. But at some point, like, if you're 21, you're going to be 25. If you're 25, you're going to be 30. By the time you're 30, you're going to be 40. You started streaming when you were 21 years old? 22, I think. 22. Okay. It's where you've come right now. You wouldn't have thought in your wildest dreams you would be on Tim Pool Podcasts, on Valuetainment, on Fresh and Fit, and all these massive podcasts. You were in your fucking, proverbially, your mom's basement with zero subscribers. But you put in the work. Okay? And to Rebecca's thing... Anyone can do that, but not everyone has Destiny's work ethic. That's what differentiates you from you and the rest of the people, because most people will do three episodes and say, well, it's not working for me, nobody likes it, and quit. Real talk, how many times did you think about quitting 10 years ago, Never. 12 years ago? Not even one time. Okay, so that's what separates you from most people who probably thought they would quit. I assume you're joking. No, but I did a careful calculation before I started. Okay. Yeah. But most people are most people. Most people are average. And most people will not, you know, what's the old, what's the old phrase? You know, fall down 10 times, get up 11. 
Most people are going to fall down once and just fucking stay down. Some people will fall down twice and then just get down. Most people aren't going to fall down 10 times and say, fuck it, I'm getting back up 11th time. So they say within sales, you need to call people five times to make a sale. Five times. Hey, this is, a, this is Brody. I'm out here trying to, sorry. Hey, it's Rebecca. Click. Most people give up after the first time. That's just that's the law of large numbers. So the people like Destiny, like myself, who put in the work 10 years later that don't stop making the calls that will get up 10 times after falling down, they're the ones who will succeed. People. Rebecca, the first time you did it, your, your YouTube, how many people were on that stream? How many subscribers did you start with? Zero. Zero. I, and now you're, you're over 100,000 at this point. Almost there. You're there? Can we no, get no, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Can we get a subscribe for Rebecca Barrett in the house? Please. Where I'm you at right now? 95.7. 95. Um, by the time this stream is over, if you do not subscribe to Rebecca Barrett, get her to 100,000. You have beef, and Nat is going to personally show up at your house. Show up. With her bathwater and some cake. <laughs> Both. Okay. But I think people. Yes. I think people should, like, I don't know. I I think about the saying no and like that's really popular in stand up and and like or yes and right like people need to learn how to hear the word no. People need to hear that because, oh, if you know that person is going to say no, right? If you're having a conversation, you're like, that person's not going to buy what I'm, what I'm selling. I need to get as much data and information from that person and then come back next time, present that new information to them, and possibly that will get a yes. If that doesn't, get more information. Like, all we're doing is gathering information, like learning our intel so that we can say, okay, that didn't work. Maybe I should listen to what people are saying. Let me apply that. Let me approach it like this and try. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm I love that advice and I'll tell you why. Because whether it's sending your resume out, whether it's applying for jobs, whether it's cold calling Just and doing sales, no. <laughs> whether it's going up to women, if you knew that on the 50th approach, you would get a yes. How hungry would you be for 49 no's? Mm -hmm. If you knew, like, if, if you could write the ending of the story, on the 50th call, you're going to get your first yes. Yeah. You're looking for no's. You're embracing the no's. One guy told me when he started doing cold calls, he said um, he, all he did was he had two jars, and everyone he called, it was he just put a marble in. Out of it. And he just made a game. And he said, all right, every time I call this guy, every, hey, no, don't call. Just, well, that's one marble. That's one marble. So he finished the jar. The jar started with 100 marbles. Then he put another jar. There was basically, by the time it ended, he had 100 jars, uh, 100 marbles in this jar. He said he made 20 grand. That was his story. And I was like, I love that fucking story. Like the marble story. And he's like, yeah, because whether it's resumes, whether it's cold calls, whether it's approaching women, whatever it is, all it is is like, let me just get to the yes. And just that's now but, the guy's worth a zillion dollars. And but it, I will also say if you're making like $60,000, $80,000, whatever, and you like that, you just go to work and have a nine to five job. If that's the thing that's not bringing you joy and happiness, like you need to figure that out. Like you need to figure out what is going to bring you happiness. Like what is that side thing that you're doing? Because I think that people making, you know, average money should be happy like should maximize their other parts of their life so that they can be like okay well i'm making 60 80,000 which is great money in in the world like you go anywhere across the US and that's 
your rent is paid, your car is paid, your electricity, like you're fine, right? So figure out what you wanna do. Maybe you have the time on the weekend to start a YouTube channel. Maybe you have time or I don't know, learn a skill. I know so many stay at home, uh, stay at home uh, wives and moms that pick up different skills in the house and they start like making TikToks about it and they start making Instagram reels about it. And then they start blowing up and they're making money at home while still taking care of their child. You know what I mean? Like I, ju like, I just don't think, I think we live in a world where anything is possible at our fingertips. Like we literally have the best device in the world to make money and people are still sitting here complaining that they don't have any opportunities. Your grandparents didn't have this device. Your great grandparents didn't have this device. Your parents didn't have this device. And we're complaining that we don't have the ability to make money or have influence or anything. I call cash. Destiny, people in Cuba don't have that device. Wow. Sorry. I'm messing with you. I think, what you're, I think what you're saying is that there's really two types of people. There's victims and then there's doers. The people who are doers, which I include you in Destiny. Thanks. Um, they're not going to just play this victim mentality. Oh, woe is me. Life sucks. Glass half empty. And those people, even when they have a bad day, they'll still get back on their stream and keep going. Nat, you had something you wanted to say? Okay. You're just looking at me all happy out there. Brody, anything you want to weigh in on this? Uh, just, just don't make bad decisions. Like, don't, you know, just don't make stupid financial decisions. And, and if you are looking at people on TikTok all day, then you're chronically online. And that's why you're not happy. Not because you're <laughs> like, just there it is. You could work, have not live. set up the next story any better. Let's move on. <laughs> Speaking of uh, stupid financial decisions, let's get into this next topic right here. Um, so this is a story about what's happening in Miami these days. You live in mm -hmm. Miami. I do. You live near Orlando, mm -hmm. right? You live in Miami. You're a recent transplant from <laughs> California to Miami. Welcome. I'm in South Beach, Miami. Nat, you're in South Florida, Fort Lauderdale. You're in Miami on the weekends. Oh, no, she's out there. <laughs> um, here's a story about what's happening <laughs> in, in Miami, Miami these days. And to a larger extent, what's happening in the crypto world. Anyone here a crypto advocate, fan, expert? All right, well, then you're going to appreciate this story. <laughs> Pull up this title right here. Every party must come to an end. Miami's brutal crypto come down, a.k.a. the party's over, bro. Mm -hmm. um, so last November, FTX left the crypto world. Sam Bankman-Fried was arrested. The $135 million FTX, donine, uh, uh, FTX arena that would, had to be renamed. I, I almost said donation, basically. And Miami took essentially a major hit. So let me just set the stage here of what happened, and then we can weigh in on this. So rewind a few years ago, COVID, a $5 trillion of new money was printed. Stimmy checks were sent galore. Assets were booming, including stocks, real estate, and crypto. Um, and then it gets into basically what's happening in Miami. Miami has always had a love for fast money, but as they say, fast money comes with slow problems. Uh, every time there's a boom, the city's invaded, and then there was a bust. The vacationers clear, just like the cocaine boom of the 80s. This was when I was living in Miami. You guys, this is prior to you guys being here. Or the housing crash of 08, which basically I remember people sleeping, like camping out for the opportunity to buy a house in Miami in 06 and 07. I was like, why are people, are these homeless people? They're like, no, they're camping out trying to buy a place. Okay, I'm like, that was weird. 
Um, the people who make in Miami are anywhere play the long game, and they are slow and steady and win the race. The winners capitalize on the money spent in nightlife, in hospitality, in real estate, on the anything that provides infrastructure for a good time. So I've seen basically what happened in Miami in the last 25 years. Um, you've been in Miami for how long now? Two years. Okay, so you've seen basically the boom and bust of what's happening uh, with all the crypto bros that were out there popping mm -hmm. bottles, fancy cars, the big tippers, making it rain. What have you seen in the last few years? And, and by the way, you've been here how long now, Destiny? Uh, about a year and a half. You've been here a year and a half, and you've been here how long? 21 years. Oh, you've been in Miami 21 years. You're going to yeah. weigh in on this thing. <laughs> Flo. All right, let's start with you, Brody. What have you seen over the last few years? The good, the bad, the ugly. Mm -hmm. uh, basically what this article is talking about with these crypto bros fleeing. So I don't know if it's because I don't really, I, I don't like go out like I used to. When I first moved here, I was going out a lot. And I know there was a lot of abundance. Um, and now it feels like there isn't. But it could just be because I'm, I'm kind of past you know, the part of my life where I feel like I need to party that much. Oh, you're such a grandma at 24 <laughs> years old. Okay. So it's just, I'm, I'm a little bit more particular about who and where I've learned the hard okay, way. Okay, grandma, what have you seen? <laughs> um, and then working in nightlife, I've noticed that uh, nightlife took a hit. Like, it, I mean, we're still fine. We're still doing well. We're doing better than we did, you know, four years ago or, or before COVID. But um, there was definitely like a, a crypto boom. And there were a lot of people that were excited to spend extreme amounts of money yeah yeah extreme amounts extreme amounts. like give me your give me the craziest story you've seen I'm a bartender so. yeah but you've seen you worked at one of the biggest well we clubs. have bottle runs we yes. have we have we have i mean it people like spend the, the amount of money that it would take to buy a luxury car on alcohol one night yeah in an, an hour on, in an hour and yeah it's, destiny it's, save that money bro don't be <laughs> popping bottles in the club <laughs> It's crazy. I mean, oh like, I, I appreciate it because I benefit from it. I work in that environment, and I want the club to be full. But coming from where I come from, that's crazy. Like, like What financial lessons did you learn from that? Is there anything you took away saying, like, all right? Never, ever date or marry someone who would spend that much money on a bottle. Okay. <laughs> that's a good lesson. Right. That's a good tip. Uh, yeah. Flo, you're out there. You're a beautiful girl. You're a model. Uh, what have you seen out there? To be quite honest with you, I don't go out a lot. I go out occasionally, so my opinion or what I have to say on this may not be if the same opinion as someone who does go out a lot in Miami. Mm -hmm. um, nightlife is fun. However, when it comes to the financial aspect of it, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I've personally never had to, mm -hmm. had, never have had to worry about paying a bill in a nightlife experience. Yeah, hot I, chicks never have to worry about that. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Which is why I laugh, but I have read the news and I have seen articles and I have seen Only in Date where... Only in Date, shout out to Only in Date. <laughs> only in Date. Um, you know that sometimes the card will even decline because of how much money people are spending and they're trying to do... Oh, oh my God, yes. Your card declined, literally, like in a... Oh. En un cartelito. I don't know how you say that in English. The, the card declined. This is what? The, they like held the banner. One of the, the banners. I'll show you a picture. The I will say, sign. man. Yeah. Dude, I just because I did my change my mind events recently. The little college things and uh, at Penn State and UMD. It's really funny that I can take like my whole crew out and I'll have like six, seven, eight people. And it's like I, I seem like I'm balling because I was like, oh, I got dinner for everybody. And for you know six, seven, eight people, 
It's like 140 bucks. Where's like, this how, at? In, in like uh, Pennsylvania, in like okay. random places. Oh, yeah. And that might be what like me and Molina spent on it's dinner like for just the two here. of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like literally. In Miami. And it's like in, it's insane how expensive everything in Miami oh, is. Oh yeah, gotcha. yeah. The, the, the whole guy with the sign thing. <laughs> yeah. Your card declined. Yeah, I think. I think this is me speaking for someone who's born and raised in Miami and has been in the nightlife scene, and has seen, uh, and is very, I would say fiscally conservative with his money i was <laughs> i used to go out you're talking to a kid that when he was 25 years old would go out with five dollars in his pocket in south beach and i would go out and have the time of my life because i knew every promoter every bartender every club owner i would go out with five dollars and spend it on a slice of pizza at the end of the night when i was drunk as fuck <laughs> keep in mind i ballooned up to 230 pounds fat boy saved that money but i basically <laughs> so i've seen it all and i've seen the people come and go that come into miami high flying, renting cars for the weekend, popping bottles, living on high life. And the next thing you know, hey, uh, where'd that guy Bill go? Yeah, he, he left. What happened? Oh, yeah. Uh, he was making a ton of money in real estate. He's gone. Oh, what happened to uh, the Hector? Yeah, Hector got arrested, bro. He was a drug dealer. Oh, shit. That sounds for Hector. Hey, what happened to that guy Jeff? Oh, yeah, dude. He was all about NFTs and meta. His portfolio is down 97%. Where'd he go? He's back living with his parents now. Oh, shit. Save that money. So yeah. there, there's a couple things that I've realized. Is Number one, that cash is king. Okay? So if you made some money in crypto and NFTs and meta, convert it to real cash at some point or convert it to a real asset. Number two, they say that anytime you talk about um, investing or prospectuses, they say there's a huge thing. Past performance does not guarantee future results, mm -hmm. okay? So just because your Dogecoin blew up, homie, doesn't mean that that's going to be there forever. Save that money. Last thing, um, and I see this all the time, and, I say, and people are like, what are you talking about? I say, I would rather build wealth slow than get rich quick, mm -hmm. okay? So there's so many people that I see coming to Miami that get rich quick. They kill it. They get something that happens to them, whether it's crypto, whether it's real estate, whether it's the metaverse, whatever nonsensical thing happened. But here's what happens. It's like when you build, you know, anytime that you're building a house, you build a foundation for the house and then you start stacking things on top of it. But if you start acquiring all these assets up top, but there's no solid financial foundation, the house is just going to crumble. Mm -hmm. So uh, I've seen it time and time again. And it's, it's something that does not shock me when I see something like this uh, happen again in Miami. And again, past performance does not guarantee I think depending on your background, results. if you're making less than like 250K a year, you can blow through 250K way quicker than you ever thought possible. If you're coming from yes. a background where like you've made like 20, 30, 40K, like when I went from carpet cleaning to streaming, it was like my first full year I made 100K. And in my mind, like I'm cutting, you know, $10,000 checks almost like every month. Like I'm never going to run out of this money. And after my first year, I didn't have anything else for taxes. I was like completely broke. I was like, holy shit. You familiar with lifestyle creep? Um, yeah. But that it wasn't concept? even lifestyle creep in a traditional sense where it was like I got a bigger house and a bigger car and any of that. It was just wasting money on dumb shit. It was flying places, ordering, not even ordering food. We didn't have a weird back then. Going out to eat. It was just like money could disappear. Less than like, you're making less than like, if you're in like the low, low, low six figure range, that money could disappear very quickly mm -hmm. without even realizing what's going on. And that's you without know? even, I didn't even do drugs at that time. Okay. So <laughs> I wasn't even wasting that much money, right? Wait till the drugs yeah. got in. You doing drugs. Now you can start blowing through a ton of money or alcohol or whatever. Yeah. Literally. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, I think it's it's one of those things where um, I do feel the need to talk about you know financial prudence, especially on this show, because we are this is where finance meets romance. But mm -hmm. 
again, there's so many people that I see coming to the club. They walk into the club. They've so many of these crypto guys. I'm telling you right now, they've never been to a fucking club in their life. All of a sudden, they make two million dollars on crypto on peanut coin or whatever the hell they made their money on, and they walk in and they go. The bartender and and these women, you know this, are professionals. <laughs> the hottest girl they've ever seen in their life, Brody and her whole crew strolls in. flow. Hi, welcome to the, here's a table right here. Yeah, we're doing a, a bottle service only. And yes, the minimum expenditure is $10,000 tonight. Uh, what card would you be using? And the guy's like, oh, giggity, oh, it's so hot, oh, my card. <laughs> Next thing you know, oh, okay, cool. There's how many people at your table? Oh, yeah, there's a table minimum of eight. You have 10 people. Sorry, you're going to have to buy the table next to you. Yeah, that's going to be another $5,000 add-on. Next thing you know, this crypto dude has never been in a club before. Never. He's never had zero financial prudence whatsoever. He, he just dropped 15 Gs for a four-hour party because he got there at midnight. The club is closing at four. Maybe after that, he's going to run it over to 11. Now that's a 24-hour club. He's going to go drop another bottle right there. What homie doesn't understand is that he can just say, Hey, cool. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to be doing. Uh, um, there's put a no minimum on my table, and I'll just be buying bottles, and I'll let you know what I end up spending. And um, unless you do a no minimum, I'm going to go to the club next door, and they'll offer me a no minimum, and I'll drop whatever I want to do. So now, what happens is when you basically say enforce the rules and say, "Oh, no minimum," it's like now you can buy two bottles, start with three bottles, and now you just dropped twenty five hundred. Okay, cool. That's on a fifteen thousand dollar night. But if you've never been in a club before, rookie status, you just dropped 15 Gs when you could have dropped 2,500 or 1,500. I don't know if that would work because sometimes, at least with, with the club that I work in, we're yeah. so overbooked that like we don't accept tables that are under you know, 3,000. Like if you're not spending minimum of 3,000, we'll just sell that the table the to someone else. That was at the height of crypto. Now, yeah. <laughs> they're I mean, gonna, oh, you're going to spend 3000 please, and, right this way, sir. Break. But I, yeah, there are yeah. Not, there are, it, it really just is dependent on the weekend. I'm just saying the, yeah. that, you know, they say that um, a, a man with money will meet a man with experience, and the man with experience will walk away with the money, and the man with the money will walk away with experience. <laughs> it's exactly what happens to these young kids who've never had money in their life. They left with some experience, while the person with experience left with the money. Right. And that's just what I'll say. You know about that, Nat? <laughs> now I do. Okay, gotcha. Also, Miami is known for the fronting and the flexing. So, yes, Miami is wonderful. But you go to nightlife, you will definitely experience people trying to pull out their rich, quick money. No, quick, no, rich, get, quick, mm -hmm. get, get rich, quick get money. Rich quick. And you don't know what it took them to get there. You know what's so. funny? I just realized this. You two actually met before because you were at my table at Bodega at the model volleyball party. <laughs> Flo was there with her friends having the time of her life. We were popping bottles. We were. All free, by the way. Destiny showed up with Molina, and he's like, dude, get me the fuck out of here. I need some tacos. And Bro. quickly... I never got tacos, by the way. Oh, my bad. But Destiny did. We actually had a nice, uh, a nice little private uh, taco dinner. Me and you and Molina. I wasn't ready for the 170 decibel fucking party room that you had back there. I didn't know that place even existed. I love yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the, the back room in Bodega or whatever. Shout the out to yeah. Bodega. <laughs> Destiny walks in. I'm like, yeah, right this way. We'll get some tacos. Oh, wait, can we get tacos now? No, let's go in the bar first. I thought you were taking me back to some private office. Yeah. And <laughs> he walks in. Up and I'm like in I, fucking... I bring Destiny <laughs> into the center of the club. How busy was the place that night? It was packed. packed. It was packed. I put Destiny center table. 
I kicked some girls out. Might have been you. Sorry, Flo. <laughs> Desi and Melina sitting there it like this, <laughs> like top of the thing. And he's like, I just see Destiny's face like. <laughs> I go, you good? He goes, I'm not a club guy, bro. <laughs> so we went, we got some tacos next door. But that was fun. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime.